Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. And, and with Kevin, yeah, he got in a car accident and tore his car up, praise God. But that weapon did not prosper against him. He's healthy, he's fine, a little shook up. But praise God, I thank God that he is fine. Amen. Amen. How many people want to give God glory in this place? Oh, my goodness. I want to give God, I want God to have all the glory out of my life. But saints of God... We are going to get into a word today that is literally going to do a heart check for each one of us. Amen. So before I start, I want you to look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, this word is for me. It's not for you. It's for me. All right. So now that you made that declaration, when you hear this word, I just want you to sometimes just lay hands on yourself during just, oh, hallelujah. Just, just give it to yourself because this word is for you specifically. Amen. You guys already confessed. He said, I want to give God glory. And, and so many of us think that we give God glory through our victories. We give God glory through things that we do and that we have triumphs and God gets the glory. But saints of God, that's not what the scripture says. And I'm going to read 1 John 15 and 8. I want to read this. It says, by this, my father is glorified that you bear some fruit. Oh, somebody's reading. Somebody's reading. Okay, let's read that again. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. God wants you to bear much fruit. Can, can, I just, can I just say something? If you have a fruit tree that only gives fruit for one season and doesn't give fruit anymore after that, what good is it? It's a shade tree. And you know what a shade tree does? It blocks out the sun. Not the S-U-N, but the S-O-N. Oh, okay, maybe I don't want to get to, but if we want to bring glory. So if I read this scripture and, and I look, it says, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Listen very carefully. You will be my disciples. So in order to bring God glory, I have to bear much fruit. So let's read that in a different context because if I don't, well, first of all, if I'm not a disciple, then I'm not bearing fruit. And if I'm not bearing fruit, then God isn't glorified. So if we're living Christian lives that are non-fruit bearing, we have to examine and question ourselves, are we saved? Do we have Jesus Christ in us? Are we glorifying God? See, God desires his people to bear much fruit. Dios desea que su pueblo dé mucho fruto. Trae Dios gloria. For us to bear much fruit, it brings God glory. And the fruit that God wants us to bear is listed in his Bible. It's listed in the book of Galatians in chapter 5. You guys can go and read it later. But he says the fruit that we need to be producing is love and joy, amor, alegría, peace, paz, long-suffering, paciencia, uh, kindness, and goodness, and faith, and meekness, and temperance. El buen fruto es la evidencia de una buena semilla. 
Good fruit is the evidence of good seed. If you're getting good fruit, then you had planted a good seed. Pero no importa, importa cuán buen, buena se la semilla, but it doesn't matter how good the seed is, it must be placed in good ground to grow. Establish roots and bear fruit that remains. Well, we want fruit season after season after season. Can I get an amen? I want fruit to come from my fruit tree that I plant, not just once, but I want it to continue to give me fruit so that I can eat from that tree. So if we want to have good fruit in our lives, there must be a good seed. Now, Luke chapter 8, verse 11 says this. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. La semilla es la palabra de Dios. It's the word of God. Now, don't get me wrong, and I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to pick at anything, but this is just for me and Pastor John. It bothers me when I hear people that say, sow a seed, and they're talking about money. Because as I read in the Bible, anytime it talks about the seed of God, they're talking about the word of God. And if I want to sow a seed into your life, that means I need to sow a word of God in your life. I need to prophesy the word of God into our, your life. Can, can, is somebody hear me? Now, now, if I want to add value to you, if I want to appreciate you, in order to appreciate you, I need to add value to you. Amen. So many people talk about I appreciate you. Now, listen to me when I say this and take this at heart because my house, I want my house to appreciate in value. And in order for my house to appreciate in value, I need to add something to it. Maybe you're not understanding. I could stand in front of my house and talk about how nice it is, how much it's blessed me, but it doesn't increase its value. But if I go to my house and I add on another bathroom and I, and I change the wallpaper and I, I put trim up and I, I do my backyard, if I do all these things, it adds value to my home. So if I want to sow a seed into your life, I will prophesy the word of God to you. And if I want to add value to you, I'm going to add something out of my pocket into your life. Uh, maybe somebody has never uh, been blessed before. I don't know. But that means I appreciate you. When you appreciate something, add value to it. Amen. Now, the seed is the word of God. And if the seed is the word of God, John 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was in the light of God. Men. Now, I want, as I read this, and I'll read it again, I need you to think in the context as the word, the seed is the word of God. So as we read it, in the beginning was the seed, and the seed was with God, because the word is the word of God is the seed. And the word was God, the seed is God, and he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. So when you have a seed, in that seed, there's something that's going to be made. Without a seed, nothing can grow. Nothing's going to be planted. You just got soil. So Jesus, the word, is the seed. It says nothing was made without him. And in him was life. There is life in a seed. You look at a seed and you just look at it, it's there, but there's life in that seed. In the same thing with Jesus. He is the life. He is the way. He is the truth. 
And he says, and the life was the light of men. When that seed gets in you, you are now the carrier of the word of God. You are the carrier of the seed of God. You are the carrier of Jesus Christ, who is the word, who is the seed. And it is life and life more abundantly to you. Now, if this word, this life, this light, this seed is in you, then we can think about Jeremiah 12 and 1, that God will watch after his word. God will watch after Jesus. God will watch after his seed to perform it. That word, that seed needs to be inside you. Saints of God, let me help you out with something today. It's too many of us sit down and want to name it and claim it, and we sit down and we talk about, oh, we're going to use this to the Lord, said whatever. If I abide in him and he abides in me, whatever I desire, I can ask, and the Father will give it to me. When we quote these scriptures, when it comes to getting houses, when it comes to getting jobs, when it comes to getting favor, and we say, I'm going to put the word on it because God's going to watch after his word to perform it. That's not what God's going to perform. His word that he sent out into this world is Jesus Christ. It is the word of God. And he said he will watch after his word to perform it. If that word is in you, if that word abides in you, God will watch after that seed that is inside of you to perform it. And what is that? To bear much fruit. It isn't for your desire. It's for his good pleasure. It is for him to be glorified that you bear much fruit. This word of God, this seed, but the word, the light, the seed must be in good ground. The word of God is the seed of God. So my question for you today is, what kind of ground are you? A seed has to be in good ground no matter how good the seed is. No matter how powerful the seed is, it still needs to be planted in good soil. Mark chapter 4, verse 3 through 9. This is what we'll read first. Listen. Listen. This is Jesus talking. He's like, listen, listen, listen there, buddy. Behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away, and some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But the other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Somebody say amen. So this is Jesus talking to his disciples, and, and after he said this, there were some people that didn't understand. Look, like, we're asking you about the keys to life, Jesus, and you tell us about somebody that's going out sowing seeds. And he's looking at him like, ugh. He said, if you don't get this, this parable, or if you do get this parable, you're going to get the rest of them that I'm going to be telling you. So then we go and jump down to Mark chapter 4, 14 and 20, and this is when he explains the parable to the disciples. And it reads, the sower sows the word. What I'm doing right now to you is I'm sowing the word to you. I'm throwing the word out. I'm sowing it to you. And as I'm doing this, as these are the ones by the wayside where 
the word was sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation and persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word of God and the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, some 100. God explained the parable to his people so that he would understand. But first, before I get into the rest of this, I need you to understand that God has set forth a, a law that will remain as long as the earth remains. He said that while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. Some of these verses, I'm going to say some of these verses to you just to solidify what we understand about sowing and reaping. It says, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth in weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Psalms 126. The wicked worketh a deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. Proverbs 11. Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up the fallow ground of your heart, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you in Hosea chapter 10. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap, for that if he soweth to the flesh, shall of the flesh reap corruption, but if he sowed to the spirit, shall of the spirit reap life everlasting, Galatians chapter 6. So this is what we can deduce from all of this, that whatever we plant, whatever we sow, we shall receive. Whatever you're given, you're going to get. Amen. How many people have heard the scripture that says, um, given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken over, and running together, shall men come and give unto your bosom, amen. See, so many of us love to use that scripture as pastors. We use it for offering time. Come on and give, give, so men will come and give to you. But that's not what the scripture is talking about. It's talking about giving grace, giving mercy, giving forgiveness. If you give forgiveness, you can expect to give forgiveness. If you give grace, you can expect to get grace. Good measure, brace down, shaking together and running over shall men give you more grace. I don't know about you, but I need more grace in my life. I need more forgiveness in my life. I need more righteousness in my life. So if I need all these things, this is what I'm going to give to other people. So I will sow righteousness. I will sow forgiveness. I will sow grace that I can get it in abundance. Saints of God, I don't know if you know, but if you plant one seed, you're not going to get one apple. It's the principle of sowing and reaping. If you plant one apple tree seed, one apple seed, you're going to reap a tree full of apples. But if I sow about a hundred seeds, a hundred seeds is not going to give me a hundred apple. It's going to give me an orchard. And I don't know about you, but I need an orchard of grace in my life. I, I don't always get it right. I, I offend people sometimes and, and, I, and I don't do it right, but I need some grace from some folks sometimes. So the question is for you is, 
What seeds are you sowing into your life? Some of y'all in here are, are going through some hard times. Saints of God, listen, I need to explain this to you. There's some of you in here right now that are, there are bad things are happening to you over and over again. And I'm here to tell you, it's not your daddy. It's not your mom. It's not the person that walked out on you. It's not the person that betrayed you. It's not your situation or your circumstance. It isn't about how much money you make or money you didn't make. Sometimes we need to sit back and examine and take inventory of our lives and see if we're just reaping that what we sowed. We read in Galatians that God is not mocked. For whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Maybe you're reaping loneliness because you've done some people wrong in your life. What seeds have you sown? Some of us in here today, when we're done, we need to just get before the Lord and pray for a crop failure. We all should be sowing seeds of righteousness. Luke chapter 8, 11 says this is about the seed. It says the seed is the word of God. And the seed of God, the word of God, the life of God, it's incorruptible and it liveth and abideth forever. 1 Peter 1 and 23 says being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So if the word of God liveth and abideth forever, so does the seed of God. It's not the seed of God doesn't die. See, some people think, oh, I, I had the word in me. You know, I've tried Jesus before. It just didn't work for me. No, it's not that it didn't work for you. It's just that you didn't plan it. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. The, the, the word of God, it says that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word, my seed shall not pass away. See, the word of God, the seed of God is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even in dividing asunder the soul and the spirit and of the joints and the marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, according to Hebrews chapter 4. Saints of God, I'm here to tell you something. Listen to me very closely because it, it, it's done. When you're with somebody that's full of the seed, when they're full of the word of God, don't sit down and tell them, look, look, man, don't judge me. You know, you don't know my heart. Yeah, some of us in here said that before. First of all, let me tell you what the word of God says about your heart. It's deceitfully wicked. But when I'm full of the seed of God, when I'm full of the word of God, it says that it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You want to know people's intentions? You want to know people's heart? You better be full of the word and the seed of God. The seed of God, the word of God is pure. Thy word is very pure. Therefore, thy servant loveth it. Because your word is pure, God. Now, now I don't mean to get a little ghetto. And some of you guys, I wasn't always saved. But there's one thing I realized when I was out on the street. When you're selling drugs, the person that has the purest dope gets all the customers. Now, some of y'all don't say amen. Some of you guys have been saved from that. But I'm just here to tell you that, see, when it's something is pure, people want it. They'll come after it. They'll, they'll want what you have. They do anything to get it. And as I'm trying to get you to connect this, because the word of God is powerful and it's pure, that it will cause us to have a desire and a hunger and a thirst for this righteousness, that we will go to a place that we can get the pure, uncut, no chase. You, uh, let me stop. You, you, you know what I'm talking about. I don't need the straight-laced word of God in my life. I don't need a pastor sitting up here trying to tickle my ears and tell me about all the blessings while I'm on my way to hell. 
If that's what you came for today, you at the wrong church. Praise God. Every word of God carries comes, every word of God, it carries power. And it will accomplish exactly what it is set out to do. But just like any other seed, the word of God must be planted. But here's something else that we forget. It has to be nurtured. There's some people, some of you in here right now have gardens. Some of you guys know what it's like to plant seed. You just don't plant something and leave it alone. Because when you plant it, there's things that will come and tear that seed up. There's insects. There's weeds. There's birds that will come and eat that seed. You have to nurture it. You have to water it. You have to take care of it. You can't just take the word and leave it alone. I hope you guys are hearing me this morning. In our main scripture verse today in Mark chapter 4, we see that there's four types of ground. There's four types of soil the word of God falls upon. And today we're going to see if we are one of those four soils. Those four types are the wayside ground, the rocky ground, stony ground, the thorny ground, or the good ground. What type of ground are you? The first type of ground that we'll talk about is this, the wayside ground. Verse 15 said, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word was sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately, immediately, and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Listen, these kind of people are the unconcerned and indifferent type of people that come to church. Whether you're a saint or whether you're a sinner, such people do not receive the benefit of the word of God that is preached. These are the kind of people that hear the word and it takes no effect in their lives. These are the ones that come to church and they feel like the word of God is not for them. Oh, that wasn't for me today. Oh, my man, you know, I wish my cousin was here. That was for them. Those are the ones that have a strong resistance to the word of God. Can, can, can I help you out? It's, a, it's, it's one of those things that people go, you know, you know what? You know, Pastor, that was a good word, but that is Old Testament. We're under the new covenant of grace. Well, if that's the case, then why would God give us the Bible with the Old and the New Testament? See, I'm here to tell you that the Bible's infallible. It's inerrant from Genesis all the way to Revelations. The Word of God is God. It's the seed, and God is, is in the volume of a book. We can't take nothing away from him. The law that we read of times past is still here today. Not the ceremonial law, but the law of God is still stands and it will never pass away. Jesus said, do you think that I come to do away with the all, no, I came to fulfill it. Oh, you guys, yes. If we start taking away stuff out of the Bible, we are a false religion. We are a false doctrine, and we are men most miserable. We will die thinking that we're saved and end up in a place where there is gnashing of teeth. The wayside Christian comes to church every Sunday. But they think the word of God is just something that I hear and it motivates me. And it just lays on top of the soil. And then when, when, when trouble hits their life, you guys notice I said when, not if. When trouble hits, 
They're always coming and like, oh, pastor, I got this and this is going on and this is going on. And it's like, listen, you never allow the word of God, the seed of God into your life. You hear it, but you don't apply it. You haven't buried it and nurtured it. And what you're doing is you just hear the word and then you run to God when you have problems. You don't want to serve God. God is your emergency exit. But that's none of us in here, amen? Number two, the second type of ground that we want to talk about is the stony or rocky ground. Verse 16 says, these likewise are the ones that sown on stony ground who when they hear the word of God immediately receive it with gladness and they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately, 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 they stumble. It doesn't say after a while. Immediately. Here we have a situation that people have very little depth of soil. It seems that the surface is prepared, but not up underneath. You know, the, those people that have a surface relationship with Jesus. The Bible says that they hear the word and they receive it with gladness. There's some of us in here that will hear the word today, will rejoice, will come up, and we may even shed a tear because we're convicted. But then after a while, when we go back out into the world, when trials and tribulations hit, when uh, um, temptations come by, what do we end up doing? We forget what we heard. We forget what we planted because why? Just, it's just surface. And underneath is stony. And then when trials, tribulations, and temptation come, and the heat where it says the sun begins to beat down on the seed and wither it away, that heat, that temptation, it just carries the seed away, and we immediately fall. You guys know what fall means? We fall away. It, is, it isn't, you know, it says stumble, like, oh, I tripped. No, stumbling's a good thing. You, you stumble because you realize, oh, thank God I didn't fall. Anybody ever stumble down some stairs? Praise God, I didn't fall. See, stumbling's okay. It's when we fall that ain't good. Because when you fall, as the Bible says, when a man that built a house and the rains come and beat on it vehemently and it fall, everybody saw and, and great was the fall. See, that happens to us a lot of times. We're in church and we're praising God. We receive the word. We go out because we think we have power, but our relationship with Jesus is only surface. I have a relationship with Jesus on Sunday and maybe Tuesday nights. But when I go somewhere else, when I'm around my worldly friends, when I see that good-looking dude or girl, I'm willing to compromise. And immediately, I don't just stumble. I fall flat on my face. And all your friends that you've been talking about, you've been going to church trying to get you to go to church with them. They're looking at you like, yeah, I can actually do what you're doing and not have to go to church on Sunday. I can actually sleep in. We have to allow the word of God not just to be surface, but to take root. Because the root system is what holds a tree firmly into the ground. So when the winds and the trials of tribulations, these contrary winds begin to blow, that you're not even, you won't even lean. You won't even sway with every wind of doctrine and with every temptation and trial. You'll be able to stand firm like an oak as the wind blows. The third type of ground that we need to talk about is thorny ground. 
Now, saints of God, I like this part. I like this scripture because this relates to every one of us in here. And it reads in chapter 8, I mean, verse 18. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So now, this, these kind of people, this kind of ground, it's a weird mixture of flesh and worldly stuff, and they try to mix it with the word of God, resulting in a life of gross imperfection and the fruit that's on display, their attitude, their behavior, their response, their decisions does nothing to glorify God. Because we try to mix worldly things in with the word of God, it's like oil and water. It doesn't mix. But us as Christians try to mix it together to get our own thing out of what we want out of God, and it does not glorify God at all. There's things. It says the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, and other things. I, I need to share this with you guys. Please pay attention because other things, you know what other things are? See, there's things like your husband. Maybe your husband's acting crazy. Maybe your wife is acting dumb. I don't know what's going on. Maybe, maybe it's, it has something to do with, with your kids. Maybe your kids aren't acting godly and all these other stuff. All these, your job is going nuts. What's happening? These are other things. And I know you're looking at me, but, 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 but should I be concerned? Should I be concerned if my kids are out doing drugs and my kids are out there living crazy? Shouldn't I be concerned if my husband's cheating on me? Shouldn't I be concerned if my wife is cheating on me? Yes, be concerned. But that, that there's a difference because when you're overly concerned, you begin to worry. And God didn't create us to worry. He created us to worship. See, when you're concerned about something, you'll go to God and begin to pray in God. And you'll begin to lift up things to the Lord and say, Lord, I thank you right now that they are living for you in Jesus' name. I thank you that you will go after them right now in the name of Jesus. Draw them to the cross. And the old man is drawn to the Lord, but by the Spirit of the Lord. As you begin to pray and, and offer up prayers and supplication and thanksgiving, making your request known to the Lord, then all the peace that surpasses understanding shall encompass you. But when we begin to worry, when we begin to just, just let these other things come into us. We began to break down. When you have peace, you have prosperity in your body. But when you have worry, you begin to break down. Worry causes stress. Stress causes sickness. And stress kills more people than anything else in this world. But when we worship God, it builds us up. It builds the word, the seed of God that's in us. It builds it up. Don't worry about it. But see, what happens is when we worry, the cares of this world, the other things, the desires for other things, watch this, it chokes the word becoming unfruitful. What is fruit of the Spirit? What is the fruit that God wants you to bear? Peace, patience, long-suffering. How can I be long-suffering when my son is out acting crazy? How can I be long-suffering and have peace when my spouse isn't following the Lord and may be out having an affair on me? How can I have peace? Because Jesus is the missing peace. He is the prince of peace. And when I have Jesus, who is the word of God, and the seed is the word of God, when I have that in me, God's going to watch after that word to perform it, and it's going to bear much fruit that my Father is glorified. And if God is in me, if that seed's in me, it's going to bear forth fruit, and peace. And the final ground that we'll talk about as I close 
the final ground that we need to see is one that we all desire. And that is good ground. And it reads in 20. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. Some 30, some 60, and some 100. This is ideal conditions for seed growth. That we become soil. Now, now, I don't know if you guys know about soil. Some of you gardeners, you do gardening. Listen, I used to dig graves. Go to Virginia and we dig graves by hand. And the soil out there was so rich. And after we dug a little bit, we get the soil. And I don't know if you've ever seen good, dark, moist, rich soil. It even smells good. Watch this. When we're good soil, when we're good ground, it is like a sweet-smelling savor unto the nostrils of God. He enjoys it. He loves it. He loves to hold it in his hands and smell of the goodness of the ground that he's about to plant his word into. Because he knows if you're good ground, when he plants the seed, when he has his sowers, his pastors, his prophets, his teachers, his evangelists, go forth and sow the word of God into this good ground. He knows that he's going to reap some 30-fold, some 60, and 100. You're going to reap the good. That's the 30. The acceptable. That's the 60. And the perfect will of God is a hundredfold. This is what God desires from us. We have to nurture the word of God in our hearts. We can't just hear the word today and leave it. We nurture it by reading the word of God. We nurture it by praying and meditating on the word day and night. We have to learn how to nurture these things, lifting up holy hands, praising God. So when we, when we nurture and, and we take care of the seed, once the word of God is planted in us, what do we do? How do we water it? We water it because the living word, the living water that God pours out of his bosom, he is the living word. We read the word day and night, meditate on it. That's watering the seed that's within this good soil. And then, you know, there's other things we have to do, like because there's, there's, there's insects and, and, and weeds that grow upon it. And guess what? We need fellowship. Saints of God, I'm here to tell you, you don't always see yourself. That's why you need friends. You need godly people around you to tell you about yourself. They're like, man, you, you got insects. You got caterpillars growing on you right now. And they're eating your fruit. It's your friends that will help pull those weeds out of your life. And then there's birds that come along that come and eat the seed. How do we get rid of that? We got to shoo those birds away. And how do we shoo those birds away? And, and, and God brought this to my heart as the other day. We're at the park and I saw a bunch of ducks. <laughs> and they were eating stuff off the ground. And this little kid, little, little boy, saw the ducks and he began to run doing this. And as he did that, all the birds scattered. Some of you guys are catching this. See, sometimes we need to get into a mode of worship 
and begin to lift up our hands and scatter these birds, these birds of depression and these birds of suicide and these birds that are contrary spirits to the word of God. Uh, these, these depression words, we, we need to get rid of these birds that are, are trying to eat the seed that has been planted in us. We need to lift up our hands and begin to raise them and wave them and begin to thank God for what he has done in our lives. We may not see the goodness of God right now, but he has given us a promise that they that endure shall see the goodness of God they that endure to the end shall see the goodness of God Psalms 1 and 3 it says this and I'll close blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor sitteth in the way of sinners nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the Lord and his law doth he meditate day and night and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season his leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper I want to bring God glory. I want to give him glory. I want, that's what I live for, is that God will get glory out of my life. But God is only glorified when we bear much fruit so that we will be his disciples. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody give God a praise. Don't pity pat him. Give him a praise. This is what I love about God. That he didn't leave it up to himself to determine who it is good ground. It says the sower sowed the word. But this is the seeds will fall where they may. It's up to us to be good ground. It's up to us to accept it to break up the hardness in our hearts. Saying to God, one of the hardest things for us to do is, is to receive the Word of God because the Word of God is not always easy. I'll share it with you, and I'll just be upfront and honest with you. Some of us sometime want to sit down and, 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 and say, you know what, uh, uh, tithing, I, I can't afford it. But it's the Word of God. I can't do it. No, no, no. You have to understand. Just accept the word of God and start walking in faith and doing it. And God will watch after his word to perform it. He says, because if you tithe, he will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing and that you won't have room enough to receive. He will rebuke the devourer for your sake. That's what he said. He'll perform that word if you do what he says. You ain't got to worry about it. But the first and foremost thing that God wants is you to be born again of incorruptible seed. And that is the word of God. Before we worry about anything else. So if you're in here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you say, today I want to be born again of that incorruptible seed. If that's you today, I need you to do me, do just do God a favor, do yourself a favor. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm just going to ask you to come up front. I want to pray with you. I want to celebrate this, this new life that you're going to begin to walk. Is there anybody in here that doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior? Just come forward. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.
Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.